Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go! Jets win it! Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast. Number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for the Jets-Cowboys postgame report. The Jets, in the end, got pretty much demolished by the Cowboys, although the box score is a little bit deceiving. The Jets hung in there for a while, but in the end, the Cowboys just overwhelmed them. And so to discuss everything that went down, our friend who covers the Jets for NJ.com, Mr. Andy Vasquez. Andy, a tough one down there with the Cowboys we had a feeling that the Jets might be walking into a buzzsaw after what we saw the Cowboys do to the Giants on Sunday night last week. This wasn't quite as bad as what happened to the Giants, but it was pretty bad. I mean, yeah, it wasn't a great game. I think all things considered at this stage of the season with the Jets at one-on-one and considering everything that's happened, you can still feel pretty good about things if you're a Jets fan. And, and honestly, I, I think there was a lot of stuff to be encouraged about from this game if the defense can figure out some of the problems it had. And that was the surprising part to me of this game is that the defense wasn't what you thought it was. And I think a lot of the other issues, I think the Jets would have been a much closer, much more competitive game given what we saw. If the defense had held its own a little bit better early in the game, I think the defense, you know, kind of struggling, uh, you know, made it hard uh, you know, on themselves and made it hard on the offense to to kind of get things going because they, they were in a hole right away. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think ultimately you can walk out of this and feel like the Jets aren't going to have to play that kind of defensive line every game and, and probably won't have to play a defensive line like that the rest of the year. And there were moments where they actually moved the ball, drove the ball. So um, that would be your – your dose of positivity, but also a whole lot of questions about the offense, a whole lot of questions about the defense, because the Cowboys uh, clearly were not scared of them and, and went at them and kind of rope-a-dope them all, all night long. So, yeah, it was an interesting game, but 
I really wouldn't be freaking out that much if I was a Jets fan. If, like I've said all along, I think, you know, next week is going to be kind of very telling to how this season goes. Andy, you said questions about the offense. And by the way, I should say the final score was 30 to 10 Cowboys. Let's start with Zach Wilson, the quarterback. I thought there were some encouraging signs early on. He did use his legs to pick up some key first downs. He didn't make big mistakes until late in the game when the Jets were down three scores and he was desperately just trying to make something happen. I don't know that he should be judged based on that as harshly as some people have. People are talking about how he's thrown four interceptions in his first two games, but I think that's a little bit deceiving. 12 of 27, 170 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Looks terrible on the box score, but I don't think it was anywhere near as bad as that in all practicality if you looked at the actual game. As I said, I thought he showed improvement. Now he's going to have to be better, and he even said that in the postgame presser, which we'll get to in a little bit. But I thought it was weird that the Jets went away from the run so quickly, especially from Brees Hall, who only carried the ball four times for nine yards and then didn't get any receptions. We did see the fumble by Dalvin Cook, so that was bad. But ultimately, they should have gotten the ball or at least tried to get the ball into the hands of Brees Hall a little bit more. And that offensive line was just horrendous, especially that left side of the line. Lakin Tomlinson is playing so bad that at a certain point, you have to consider a shakeup there. So is Dwayne Brown. Watching Dwayne Brown try to block Micah Parsons, I said this on Twitter, was like watching a guy who doesn't know how to swim be dropped off in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean with no life preserver and be told, try to survive and make it back to the mainland. There was just no way that it was going to happen. And so at a certain point, the Jets are going to have to think about putting Joe Tipman in there, maybe shifting McGovern to guard, and then figuring out whether they want to shift Elijah Vera Tucker over to tackle or how they want to mix it and match it where Tomlinson or Brown comes out. But those two guys are not going to be able to keep being in the lineup if they continue to play this poorly. So Garrett Wilson making that big play for the touchdown. I know that he got hurt late in the game, which thankfully it turns out he just had the win knocked out of him. We'll get into that a little bit later. But really the story of this game, I thought Zach Wilson wouldn't say he was good, wouldn't say he was bad. I think most of the really bad stuff came after the game was out of hand and he was just really trying to make things happen. He's going to have to be better, but I thought that he certainly played better, at least in the first half than he had for most of last year. That left side of the line was brutal and I was very surprised that they went away from Brees Hall so early and he only touched the ball four times in this game. Yeah, I mean, first of all, anyone who's listened to us talk about Zach Wilson knows that we're not uh, interested in, and you know, we're not here to beat Zach Wilson apologists. I mean, when he's terrible, he's terrible. I call it out. You've always called it out. Uh, he wasn't the reason they lost today. And that's the best way I could put it. Uh, I'm not saying he was great. I'm not saying the stat line was great. The stat line was obviously not great. But when you look at that drive before halftime, what he was able to do, he doesn't get hit. He throws a touchdown to Garrett Wilson. It wasn't like the pass was off target. It wasn't like it was a bad decision. He got hit in the arm by Parsons because he didn't have time. And it wasn't like he waited to throw that ball either. So against a really good defense, he moved the ball in the two-minute drill with a lot at stake after the, the Jets defense had given up a really bad touchdown after Sauce Gardner missed a pick six and after John Franklin Myers was called for a very weak roughing the passer penalty. Um all the pressure was on Zach. He drove them down the field, got points, made it a one-possession game going into halftime. I don't know what else you want from that kid who's in a terrible situation uh, coming into this game. So, uh, uh, to me, that that kind of speaks for itself. Uh, Brees Hall, yeah. Brees Hall has the same feeling that you do 
Um, a couple of us walked up to him right after, you know, we're waiting for him to get dressed as locker before the, before the cameras and a bunch of, you know, other microphones got there. The first thing he said when asked uh, why didn't the re- run game get going was we struggled because I only had four touches. And then, he, you know, he said, and like that happens sometimes that you get rid of, you know, you, you abandon the run, but he clearly wasn't happy about it. And I think understandably so, like they didn't have your, your game plan against a, a team that is that good at pass rushing can't be to just not run the ball because they're stacking the box. And, and Hall was asked about that too. And said, every team stacks the box against us and they have to, still have to stop it. And obviously the bills did the same thing and they weren't able to stop it. So I think, you know, there were some serious problems with the game plan. I, I, I don't think, you know, Dwayne Brown against Micah Parsons is a fair matchup at this stage of either's career. But I also think the Jets didn't do anything to help Dwayne Brown. How are we in the fourth quarter and they're still not doubling this guy? When he's one-on-one with, with Dwayne Brown, who clearly from the first, literally the first passing play of the game, couldn't hang with him. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think there were definitely game plan. You know, and the runs were predictable, too, just by the way, another first play of the game, a, a run by Brees Hall. Parsons is back there for a seven-yard loss. So, uh, there, everything you said was right. Um, bottom line, it's the offensive coordinator and, and the play caller's job, and obviously it's a collaborative effort between Hackett and Downing, to get the ball into the hands of your stars. And, you know, we saw it happen with Garrett Wilson, one play, 68 yards, but four touches for Brees Hall. Uh, is not enough, not acceptable. And I don't care how good Dallas's defense is. Obviously, there were opportunities there to move it, and they just couldn't do it. So, um, again, you can blame Zach Wilson if you want. And would it have been different having Aaron Rodgers? Sure. Aaron Rodgers would have seen a lot of stuff at the line of scrimmage that Zach Wilson didn't see and, and maybe made some adjustments that would have made a difference. But that's not the, the world the Jets are living in anymore, not for the rest of this season. And all things considered, I think, you know, the Jets have a lot bigger problems than Zach Wilson after this game that they need to get fixed. But again, like I said, I think there's a lot of you know room for positivity, and there's not going to be a lot of other teams out there that are going to be throwing what the Cowboys threw at the at the Jets today. So everybody should probably just chill out a little bit. I think that's well said, Andy, and it's worth remembering that right before the half, the Jets were right there with the Cowboys. There was that sequence, and you touched on it before, with John Franklin Myers when he got called for that ridiculous roughing the passer penalty. If not for that penalty, the Cowboys would have kicked a field goal. It would have been 13-10 going into the locker room with the Jets getting the ball to start the second half. Instead, the Cowboys got another shot, and they had another third down, and there was a call for a holding in the end zone. That was a legit penalty. I can't get mad at that one. And then, of course, later on, there was another roughing the passer penalty that I didn't really like on Michael Clemens, but that one didn't really matter because it was a touchdown anyway. But the roughing the passer penalty on John Franklin Myers, I said at the time that if the Jets lost the game, that was the moment you were going to look back and say, if they had a chance at all, it was right there. If they would have stopped the Cowboys and made them kick a field goal, Because of the penalty, that didn't happen. The Cowboys went into locker room 18-10. The Jets did get the ball to start the second half, but the Cowboys quickly pulled away. And so the Cowboys wind up winning it 30-10. But it's tough for a guy like John Franklin Myers. I don't really know what it was he was supposed to do there. And that penalty winds up costing the team when he really didn't do anything wrong, as far as I could tell. I thought it was a weak call. I mean, he he got his his legs taken out from under him and fell into the guy. It's not like... Like, and also, it was like literally as he was releasing the ball. 
So I'm just trying to figure out what he's supposed to do there. It wasn't like it was way late. I mean, and, and obviously every Jets fan knows at this point that, that it's been literally more than a calendar year since a roughing the passer has been called on a Jets quarterback. So, um, I, I mean, I'm not a Jets fan, but I understand the frustration. I would be frustrated if I was a Jets fan. And again, yeah, I mean, let's not get into the Clemens one because it ended up mattering, but I would, you know, I thought last year's penalty by John Franklin Myers, the one in the Patriots game that kind of changed the course of their season. I thought it was a penalty. I mean, based on, I don't like it, but based on the way they've been calling it, I thought it was a penalty. Based on the way they've been calling it today, I didn't see that as being a penalty. It was completely unavoidable. Um, and I think it's a, it was a bad break for the Jets. And I, I, you know, I don't know if it would have changed the game completely, but they would have been a whole lot closer. They couldn't hang with them at all in the second half. But uh, yeah, I think it could have changed the game. And maybe the Jets go down that next drive and score a touchdown instead of a field goal. And then, you know, they're they're in the lead or close to it at halftime. So, yeah, it was a huge play. It's hard to say it's like the whole game when when they lost by 20 points and, and weren't competitive in the second half, but it certainly was a different game because of it. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Andy, let's talk about the defense. A lot of it was bend but don't break. The time of possession was so lopsided in favor of Dallas, and that began on the opening drive when they got that touchdown. The Jets did hold the Cowboys to five field goals, so there was an opportunity for the Cowboys to really blow this one open even more. But in the end, they just weren't good enough to be that dominant defense they needed. Remember, we said the formula here for the Jets was going to be to have Zach Wilson not make mistakes, be the caretaker, step up and make some plays when needed, but also that defense was going to have to do its job and be that dominant top five defense DJ Reed, of course, and this is going to be thrown in his face if this continues to happen with this defense, said that the Jets were like the 85 Bears. Well, the 85 Bears are not going to let up 30 points or anything close to it to a team like this Cowboys team, which is a good offense, but by no means a great offense. So I thought the defense, again, bend but don't break, it was okay, but nowhere near the level that it needed to be at if it's going to compete with a team like the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and don't take it from me. Take it from the coach, Robert Salo, said after the game that well, part of the reason the, the time of possession was so lopsided was because the defense couldn't get off the field on third down. So, I mean, they couldn't. They, they really couldn't get the key stops when they needed to. And I think, you know, every defense allowed to have an off days was a poorly timed one because I think if they had played the way we, we have seen them be capable of playing, I think the Jets would have been right there at the end of this game. And um, I think, you know, it really did hurt the offense in this case in terms of it encouraged the coaches to, to, I still don't understand why they abandoned the run so quickly. And I'm having a hard time with that one because it just, you're just allowing the best pass rusher in in football right now to tee off on your, your inexperienced quarterback who struggles mightily when under pressure. So anyway, but we've already gone over that, but, but yeah, I mean, they just weren't good enough. And I asked DJ Reed, it's not to throw it back in his face. It's just, um, he had very high expectations for this defense this year, and it had to be surprising for him that they struggled so much, especially early, stopping a, an offense that isn't exactly known as a as a buzzsaw over the last year. Um, and he said that he thinks it's going to end up being ultimately good for them. Um, you know that that this happened as you know sort of a blessing in disguise for them to kind of figure out some of their weaknesses and 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 move on from them and learn from them and. Obviously, you know, the Cowboys took advantage of them in the middle of the field uh, in some of their weak spots in coverage. And 
and just, you know, made them pay uh, repeatedly. It was very clear the Cowboys were not intimidated by this defense. I mean, they, they won the toss and, and elected to receive and then drove it right down the field without problem uh, the first couple of times. Or the first time they had the ball, I think the third or fourth. So, yeah, it was it was a struggle for the defense. It wasn't the worst game. They, they showed – I thought they played really well uh, in the second half, especially considering some of the positions they were put in. Uh, but, you know, you can't get back with the way they played at the beginning of that game. And it, it kind of reminded me – it was a little bit worse, but it reminded me of that Minnesota game last year where um, they got away from them early. And remember, the Jets also gave up 30 points to the Browns last year in week two, and their defense still ended up being pretty damn good. So I don't think it's an indictment on what their defense is going to be. He's had a bad day. Andy, quickly, because I know you have to run, take us into the locker room. Give us some of the highlights from what was said at the pressers and also give us the latest update on some of these injuries. I know Quincy Williams was banged up, talked about Garrett Wilson. What's going on with everything? Yeah, Garrett Wilson had the wind knocked out of him. Quincy Williams was having his knee evaluated. Uh, I will tell you, I saw Quincy walking around seemingly without much of an issue in the locker room after. So I don't know what that means, but that's what I saw. And then I know Michael Carter left with the elbow. I think uh, Sala said that he was able, to, he would have been cleared to return, but at that point they just figured it wasn't worth it. Um, and those were, uh, and also uh, Tony Adams left in the first half of the hamstring and didn't return. So that's one to watch. Um, and yeah, that, that was, that's pretty much the injuries, the, the mood in the locker room. Um, you know, it's not just us or me or I don't know what everybody else say, but it's not, the players feel the same way that we feel about Zach Wilson. They said they need basically to a man, they need to help him more. Um, Brees Hall talked about the screen passes that he missed. Um, you know, Zach Wilson was a little off with them, but he said, I could have done more for Zach. And like everybody, they could have done a better job of protecting Zach. Um, and that was kind of you know, the defense, even Sauce and, and DJ Reed said that you know, they thought Zach gave them a chance to win. Um, so it's not just, and you know, Robert Sala said the same uh, thing that, you know, Obviously, it wasn't a perfect game, but, you know, he thought he, he handled it. The kid handled it pretty well. And I think, you know, that's a, a pretty good assessment. Dwayne Brown talked about, you know, obviously not a lot of fans are happy with Dwayne Brown. Uh, and he said, you know, Parsons is tough. And yeah, it just seems like something like I, I feel like the way this is being they're being schemed up or something that it's something, you know, it was kind of the same way they talked about that the play that Rodgers got hurt on last week. Um there, there's something that's unsaid about the, some, the way the games are being called that, that maybe the offensive line isn't thrilled with. But ultimately, it doesn't really matter. Like they, they've got to be better, and that's that was the message that you know we've got to be better as an offensive line. Dwayne Brown said, and find a way to, you know, to stop uh, Parsons. And, and they just never had an answer for him, and, and that was the, the biggest issue in the run game and the pass game. Um, you know, Brees Hall called him the best defender in the league on Parsons, and then. Uh, that that was yeah basically the mood in the locker room was you know Garrett Wilson was very supportive of, of Zach Wilson and said you know they're obviously trying to to keep his confidence high and it's been obviously an interesting and semi rough stretch for the kid very rough going back to last year so I think I mean that's a definitely a, a point of emphasis in the locker room you know to to make sure you know they're they're saying the right things to Zach Wilson. And I think this is one of the rare cases where uh, it actually makes sense. And they are saying, you know, it wasn't his fault. So um, I I, I see that. And, you know, of all the things today, I did not expect to come to a game where Zach Wilson really 
wasn't the, the, the issue. It was it was everything else. Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NJ.com. Thanks so much for coming on and helping me break down the Jets loss at AT&T Stadium in Dallas against the Cowboys 30 to 10. Really appreciate it. Hopefully better things ahead when the Jets come back home to take on the New England Patriots next Sunday. In the meantime, I know you've got plenty of stuff coming down the pike over at NJ.com, not just in the wake of the game, but leading up to the Patriots game. What do you got going on? Yeah, obviously, I mean, we're going to have a full breakdown of this game. Uh, some of the things that went wrong, some of the things that went right. Uh, I'll explain why I'm bullish heading into Patriots weekend. And I think this is obviously a huge, huge, it's, it's the biggest game of the season for the Jets. If they can beat the Patriots, they'll be 2-1. and one. Uh, We saw the Broncos don't look exactly great. Um, the Jets can really get through this first set stretch of the season uh, very close to 500 if they win this Patriots game. And if they don't, things can spiral out of control very quickly because they got the Chiefs coming up in week four. And uh, there's a big difference between two and two. Not saying the Jets can't beat the Chiefs, but, you know, after what we saw today, there's a big difference between two and two and one and three. So um, big game against the Patriots. Jets haven't beat them since 2015. The fans will be ready at MetLife. It's going to be very interesting. Indeed, a very big game at MetLife Stadium this coming Sunday between the Jets and the New England Patriots. Got to keep your fingers crossed that the Jets can get things back on track. Andy will have lots of great coverage leading up to the game over at NJ.com. Make sure you follow him on Twitter as well, at Andy underscore Vasquez. Check out everything we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Luke Grant, the Thunder from Down Under, has got some great All-22 breakdowns on there. So watch our videos. Subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash PlayLikeAJet. We will have updated videos throughout the week this coming week. Also, check out our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. For the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.